Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Here I am, Broncos, and here you guys are, Broncos for Breakfast. It is 7 o'clock, 7.30 Mountain Time. I'm just waking up. The the, uh, the dog had uh, his... Uh, snip snip yesterday so i slept out on the couch with him and uh he was pretty restless um because of that so i didn't get the best sleep but i'm here i'm doing well and i'm excited to talk some broncos and get everything back on the right track uh for this denver broncos team and scott what do you got there what's that uh what's that glorious peach of piece of merchandise See, you blew it i was actually gonna buy one of these for the first person that said something about it but my ah. broncos for breakfast mug has arrived ah it's glorious. Looks good. It's clean. It's nice and clean. It is um, nice and clean. Unfortunately, I'll basically rinse out my mug and use it for a month. And when it's white on the inside, you realize how gross that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, gonna have to just get a subscription to the uh, Broncos for Breakfast mugs. Mine is in the mail along with the hat, so it should be getting here soon. Look, did you get the eleven ounce or the eight ounce? I got the fifteen ounce. Fifteen, excuse me, it's eleven or fifteen. Yeah, okay. And it's still not enough. I've I had I had to bring my my press with me, so we'll be going secondary pours here shortly at Broncos for breakfast. Uh, I got the smaller one because I thought it looked a little cleaner, but um, I regretted it almost after as soon as I hit pay. But that's okay. I'll just have to get a second cup after that. But good morning, everybody. This is obviously Broncos for breakfast. Um, I'm joined by Scott Kennedy as always. You can find him on Twitter at Scout Kennedy, and you, I'm Nick Kendall. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Kendall M H H. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you guys like the mug, the hat should be coming in soon too, so I can be rocking that, which will be great for how much a uh, Hawkeye black I wear. That Broncos for Breakfast uh, logo with the black—it's pretty great. Um, you can find all that at HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on, as Chad likes to say. Um, guys, if you're joining us on Facebook, please join us at Facebook.com/forward/slash/MileHighHuddle and Facebook.com/forward/slash/MileHighHuddlePod. Um, at me on there too. If you want to get into something, if there's something I said on the show or something Scott said on the show, uh, tag us and be like, okay, this didn't really sit right with me because X, Y, Z let's talk about it. You know, this is a community. I know Scott and I are the guys with the cameras in front of us for God knows what reason. Um, for, for me, at least a face for radio. Right. Um, but, uh, if you guys have anything like that, you know, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Twitter. Um, and we'll talk. We love talking ball. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a, you know, doing rankings and stuff. I had a, someone asked me one time on a message board, I said, well, who are you accountable to? You know, just because, you know, we're, we're not general managers. We're not the coaches They're You know, I was like, well, we're still accountable to you. We're accountable. You're taking your time and putting forth your time, effort, and resources to listen to us. We're accountable to you. So if there's, there's something that you want to, you want to ask us about clarification or anything like that. Let us know. I love the interaction. That's that's the the main reason I do it. This is basically how I'm social. Otherwise, you know, uh, I'm 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 not social. So <laughs> this gets me out and about a little bit, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so please, yeah, hit us up on here. And we also always always appreciate the chat going strong. Uh, super chats, superstars, super stickers or not. Um, we appreciate you guys joining us in the morning. Um, if you guys are joining us on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share. And also go to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where Scott and I have been talking uh, every Wednesday morning, a little bit of Falcons and just NFL in general. And with the way the Falcons are trending, maybe we'll get into the draft pretty quickly, <laughs> especially yeah, if they lose to the quickly, Jets. I, uh, real quickly, you know, for quarterback, edge rusher, they, they need help everywhere. And we got a little lucky yesterday talking about, you know, Stefan Gilmore. I know he was when you're mm. when you're the Denver Broncos, you and you've got cap money like that any of those high profile guys that come off and become available are, are interesting. Um, but we talked yesterday morning about who made sense to us and, and it did. Sometimes it just makes sense. And uh, you know, we said at 10 o'clock yesterday morning that Stefan Gilmore to the Panthers made sense. You and, did. Don't, uh, don't you give know, me sometimes credit. <laughs> when it makes sense, it happens. So we got, we got a little lucky with that one yesterday. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take it. I thought for sure he was Tampa bound, but um, I don't think uh, Tampa was one of those approved teams, apparently, that uh, they worked out a deal for. So if he was a free agent, who knows? But uh, got traded for a six and just goes to show you, you know, former defensive player of the year 
um, had an injury over 30 years old at the cornerback position. Six round pick, you know, well, see, six you, or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, is what that one boiled down to. So that wasn't, you know, that's not an apples and apples comparison to what it takes to pry somebody away from a team that doesn't want to lose him. You know, there's, that was a, either we get a six or we're going to have to cut him. We're going to cut all over. He's leaving. Can we get anything for him? And uh, getting a six, getting his money off the books, that was important because then they turn around and sign Jamie Collins. But we digress. There's yeah. several actual Broncos questions in here. See, Nick and I like toss. That's why we're, we can get away with being on different pods. We like the overall grand scheme of things. But let's, let's get back to the Broncos. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, let's get into the chat here. Let's see everybody joining us today. Right, right now we got 44 eyeballs in here. I know it's early, but uh, hopefully that number will pick up. But we appreciate all 44 of you who are in here, according to my numbers here. Um, and the likes coming in, too. We got Hart from Dave Gassman and Greg Smith. Aloha, Greg. Aaron Johnson's liked it. Louis uh, Roybal. Joseph Fisher. Scott Kennedy Sports. Hey, Scott, thanks for liking it. And Tony Perez. Um, thank you guys very much. EJ's in here saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. U.S. Dave saying good morning from Broncos country from Southern Arizona. Ooh, the hot season. It's starting to get cold up here in the Pacific Northwest. It's uh, way colder than it typically is, apparently. So I don't know. Hiking season might be coming to a close for me. Um, Jeremy Sean, good morning, boys. Good morning to you, Jeremy. Falling Sloth, great to see you. DBA's in the house as well. Oh, the chat just jumped on me. That's great. Um, good morning, everybody. Hope all is well. Hope you're doing well, too. We got Shy Vargas coming in saying, any updates on Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, he, um, we'll hit that one quick. I know Shy is very, yeah. very concerned on that one for sure. He's, he's hit it. This this one, I can almost see him. It's like, come on, we got to get to this. On. What's going on with Teddy? Unfortunately, we don't have a ton of news on him because he's in yeah. uh, he's in concussion protocol. And it is out of the Broncos' hands. That becomes an independent uh, – and, and I agree with this, honestly. When you're dealing with head, head injuries, you take it out of the team's hands and it becomes to someone who doesn't have uh, – what's the they don't have a, any skin in the game on this they're they're looking out for teddy's best interest because teddy the players won't always look out for their best interest and we know the teams won't always look out for the players best interest so you need somebody to step in and say you're either ready you're either good to go or not um and that's where he is right now he's still in concussion protocol but there there is a chance that uh he could be good to go on sunday yeah i don't know if we'll know for sure until friday um but uh the broncos it does seem like it's trending that way where he will play now things can change. We said the same thing uh, late last week, where it's like, okay, it sounds like Reisner's going to play. Yoink! Uh, Quinn Miners played, and actually, I think I thought he held himself pretty well. Um, but uh, the Bridgewater stuff, I did think it was interesting that Mike Tomlin in the press conference said we're preparing for Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. So uh, I don't know if that's another shot at Drew Locke from somebody from the AFC North. Um, but uh, you know, well, I, I think right now you should prepare for Bridgewater, a, but it could I, be either. I don't. I don't think everybody around the country has the obsession with Drew Locke that. Some people think that they do. Most people don't care about Drew yeah. Locke. Yeah. Frankly, they you just don't. do something. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, but you know, he's, he's, he, they just don't care about Drew Locke. It's, yeah. it's not something that crosses their mind. So I'm going to think about Drew Locke today. It doesn't happen around most of the country. Yeah. Maybe in Missouri. Um, but at US Dave's in here too. Dave Glassman with the, uh, the hearts. Thank you the so much. The hearts and Dave. stars. So Dave Dave's is... coming in with the hearts and stars. Appreciate that. Uh, we got Jeremy saying uh, Teddy might practice today. We got sunny days coming in here. I like the sunny days um, with a thumbs up. Uh, Robot of Doom. Haven't seen you in a bit over on Twitch. Morning to you, Robot of Doom. Um, very good to see you. Shy also saying, do you think Teddy Bridgewater will come back this weekend? Yes, we do. Um, I do. At least we'll see, though. Uh, Mark Lindemode. 
Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Great to see you. KB82, good morning. Should we sign David DeCastro like we signed Evan David Mathis a few years back to help out the O-line, who is 30th in pressure allowed? Um, it sounds like DeCastro's injuries are serious and detrimental, and uh, I don't think he is coming back to play, unfortunately. Um, I also will s- say that the pressure allowed is very much – that's that's a quarterback stat as much as it is an offensive line stat. And while Teddy Teddy Bridgewater has been really good under pressure so far this season, um, he has been hanging back and tough in the pocket uh, more than the average quarterback, mm-hmm. and that's creating more raw pressure data against trust another himself Bronco. to get out of that mess. Yes, to trust, exactly. trust himself to get out of the pressures. Yep, exactly. So while the Broncos' uh, pass rush or pass blocking has not been amazing by any accounts i do think the 30th and pressure allowed is doesn't tell the whole story because i do think that uh, from what i've seen teddy's holding on to the ball longer and inviting that pressure by being more aggressive in the pocket um and uh, that just results in a higher pressure count now that doesn't mean the actual broncos are getting beat at the the rate i think the broncos are actually um in pass blocking win rate in the top third in the nfl even after that ravens game so a uh, little bit of nuance there to that one. It, it would take probably a full season sample size and going through the all 22 to really break that down to say for sure. Um, but it does. I think that 30th is not truly indicative of what's going on. And and real quick, Nick, before we get to just to finish up matters of business, as we say, hello, I want to kill two birds with one stone here and remind everybody that the, 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 uh, the competition mm-hmm. raffle this year is 200 is again, 250,000 stars on Facebook. It is for a Pat Sertan Jersey. We after yesterday, we were about 13% with 20% of the of the 13% of goal with 20% of the month gone. So we're behind when you, uh, to in order to get there. But the stars are rolling in today. So yeah. uh, I mentioned Dave. Uh, David Crespin comes in. This one was important enough for him to come in with uh, with some some nice stars saying Vic Fangio is no coach. They need to move on from him. We will not win with him and his coaching staff. Uh, Nick, what do you think? I mean. There is something to be said, and we talked about it, I think, Tuesday night uh, or Tuesday morning. I don't know. The days all run together when we do enough shows. It was was yesterday on Wednesday? Okay. I I don't even know. But Vic Fangio, um, he's starting to come off to me more as a, you know, just focus on the scheme and whatnot and not really the CEO personality type. And there's there's no question about it. You know, there's people in the organization that uh, have sources. It's like Vic Fangio isn't the most beloved in the Broncos locker room now. If you win and you're amazing and you build an amazing organization, that doesn't really matter that much. Like, I don't know if Nick Saban is the most loved person by every single player and whatnot, or definitely not Bill Belichick. Um, you don't have to be buddy and buddy to be a good coach. But if you don't, if you're not able to push the right buttons, uh, connect with the players, motivate the players as well. I mean, even Justin Simmons yesterday took us took a small shot. I thought I was like, OK, well, I'm listening to that. He said uh, this week we definitely need to come out with more energy and practice than we've seen as of late. And that falls on the coaching staff. I mean, the players as well, they're grown men. You have to be able to motivate yourself. But like coaches, you got to push the right buttons. And I don't know if Vic can do that from a personality perspective. So when I ran a newsroom in New York with a bunch of kids about your age, uh, you're a little, they were, they were younger. They were, you know, coming right out of school and stuff. And I had a list of sports movies. I'm like, these are, these are must watch. These are your homework assignments. You need to watch these movies because they're going to be referenced all the time. Well, one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies that sums up this situation to me right now is from Bull Durham and Crash Davis holds up, you know, nukes sandals and says, you've got, sh- you've got fungus on your shower shoes. If you win 20 in the show, the press will call you colorful until you win 20 in the show. It means you're a slob. So when you're winning, all of that gets glossed over mm-hmm. when you're not, you come off looking petty and insecure. And right now it's the latter. Unfortunately, yep. they appreciate the stars. Lawrence came in with some stars too. So why haven't the Broncos been picking up anybody worthy that can come in and start after we lost nine starters? Um, I think a big reason is this Broncos team is in a weird position where they have cap space, but you also have a lot of guys who are about to get paid. And if you're spending that money right now, that means you're not going to have it to carry over next year. It's not like, um, you know, some people with the uh, vacation days or with sick days where the, year, the, year, the year's up and they don't carry over. This cap money carries over. So what you spend right now could limit you bringing back Tim Patrick. Could limit you bringing back Von Miller. Could limit you bringing back Cortland Sutton. Could limit you bringing bringing in an Aaron Rodgers type. You know, those all really matter. Um, so I think the Broncos, even though they have cap space, I think there is reason for penny pinching in that regard. Also, um, there's no question about it. I know that some people push back, but then I talk to people 
I wouldn't say it's off the record, but I'm not supposed to like say who they are, but like, yeah, the Broncos are not in a great, uh, cash situation until the new ownership situation is resolved. They just don't have the liquid currency to pay these guys, um, as much as they can, you know, they, they're not like, you know, the, the Raiders are right now. I don't want to put <laughs> they're in trouble with the stadium or whatnot. That was a big reason for the clean lack trade, but uh, so, I don't think the Broncos are bringing in, you know, Jalen Smith or whatever. No, I think it's interesting that you can carry that over instead of, you know, treating it like a government program where if you don't spend it, you lose it. So it's yeah. nice that you can actually be frugal and be rewarded for it. So I yeah. certainly appreciate it. Travis came in with some stars also. Ah. Says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Getting ready for the Steelers. I feel if Shermer can stay true to the run game. God, yeah. No matter if it's Locker Teddy and solid defense, we go away. For those who are listening on the pod, after the fact, I cross my fingers because it says crossing my fingers for Travis. Um if it's Locker, Teddy, and solid defense, we go away and win. I, I have a question for you, a football question. And Travis, thank you so much. Travis and I go back pretty far. Um, we're in a pretty, actually, like a small Facebook group that's a pretty awesome community there um, that dates back to, like, when I was in high school. So shout out to Travis. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hope you're doing well. Um, the Broncos fell off in the run game in the second half of the Ravens game, correct? I mean, everybody knows that was at four rush attempts in the second half. Something that I think it was Fangio mentioned leading into the, it was way back in uh, preseason, not that long ago, but long ago when how much has happened between now and then, um, where he talked about Teddy being able to get into the right run checks and uh, based on the look and whatnot. Do you think that they, this is an issue where Pat Germer maybe gave multiple options and the look uh, pre-snap was, okay, if this, if this is the look, Drew, make sure you get into the right run check. Uh, if there's this many guys in the box or this many guys in the down lineman and drew did not get to that, or they didn't give him that uh, flexibility and responsibility, because I know that's a big part of Teddy's game with the pre-snap uh, ability to um, get into a run check. Well, I think that, that, you know, drew feels comfortable throwing the ball, you know? Yeah. So if, if you're coming out, I mean, basically if you're coming out in a four wide or a four receiver set and you're in the shotgun, you're passing, you know, yeah. you're, you're for the most part, you're going to feel like with that many receivers out there, that many options, I can find somebody to, to go to. So now if he's checking out of a run to a pass, now I have concerns. But I don't think that was necessarily the case. Um, but I don't know for sure. Uh, saying hello to some other in the chat. Aloha, Greg. Uh, want to hear another one. Another first time. Aunt Thomas coming in. So I've been listening, excuse me, a little over a year on Spotify. So happily I fought, caught live to send stars. Well, we appreciate it too. How is our D-line looking against the depleted Steelers O-line? This is the week, man. This uh, I think I said this on Tuesday morning where it's like, okay, uh, everybody watched the Ravens game. Holy cow, the Broncos pass rush looked anemic, scary anemic. Um, but I think it's because Lamar Jackson and that Greg Roman offense that Baltimore runs really they, they neuter you you have no you can't play it normally and von miller after the game said we're excited to play a normal offense again you have to be so disciplined in your run it's a big reason i love the height weight speed length power edge rushers because they can just push through a guy in indiana jones pass rush you and that's the way you have to beat lamar um but against big ben who is you know used to be a pretty good athlete back there especially with how big he is but he slowed down a bunch has the hip injury now is he even gonna play i, I think he we should expect it but we'll see um, and then the Steelers offensive line that is just, just dreadful, just, just absolutely dreadful. This is a week where the Broncos defensive line should be able to pin their ears back and get a little bit, a little bit of confidence. And, uh, while it's of course, part of it's because of the competition, but they're going to look much better this week. So I, I'm excited about this Broncos defensive line, uh, versus the Steelers offensive line. That being said, the Steelers defensive line versus our offensive line makes me a little weary as well. So, uh, strength versus strength, our strength versus weakness there on both sides of the ball. Yeah, the uh, the Green Bay Packers kind of bullied the the Steelers' offensive line. They were getting a lot of pressure with just four guys. Um, yeah. One of the, the the right guard, Trey Turner. I was like, ooh, that, that right guard looks kind of rough. He, the the first turnover, you know, he just got bullied straight backwards. And I, I look back, I'm like, well, that's Trey Turner. Um, you know, four time Pro Bowler just two years ago, but he's also on his third team in three years, and there might be something to that. I don't know if it was an injury that has cost him or whatnot. But he's not not the same guy that was a four-time Pro Bowl guard uh, earlier right now. And and yes, and, and Big Ben was more of a Dan Marino type uh, as far as mm -hmm. not getting sacked. Dan Marino was one of the least sacked quarterbacks in, in the NFL in his day. And he's maybe the most immobile quarterback in his day. 
And it was because one, he's smart. Two, he's big and strong. And three, at a lightning quick release. He could, he, you know, they, they'd say he threw the ball out of his ear hole. Um, so he was almost impossible to sack. You've got a stationary target right now in Ben. And he's going to go down a little bit easier. The release has slowed down a little bit. He's still super dangerous. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, just like we talked about last week with Lamar, you can't scheme against those guys dropping passes or him missing wide open receivers. You got to make sure you're disciplined in that because they're professionals. That's not going to keep happening. Yep. But you got a stationary target. Now you can pin your ears back and go. Now you yep. can have Von Miller just say, go. You don't have to worry about containment because he's not going to escape the pocket and beat you for 40 yards like Lamar Jackson is. So with Lamar, you cast a net and it's not a, a hard pass rush. Lamar gets sacked a lot trying to break pressure and get somebody that's able to fall on him from behind and get him for a two, three-yard sack before he, get, before he breaks through. Ben, you're going to get in the pocket. You're going to get your seven, eight-yard sacks back there. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Big Ben of old um, used to just make, you know, he-man plays where, like, guys would just bounce off of oh, him. He's an oak tree. He's an yeah. oak tr- he was an oak tree back there. It was crazy. Maybe even a redwood. Uh, he's just an absolute unit. Um, fun fact, uh, Iowa Hawkeye fact of the day, uh, Miami, Ohio back in 2003, uh, lost one game that regular season. Iowa Hawkeyes, the Big Ben. So uh, Iowa actually had a pretty good streak there of going against some uh, good non-Power 5 quarterbacks. I also went against Josh Allen a couple years ago. Went to that game live in Iowa, smoked him. But that's going to happen with a Power 5 sometimes, especially as good as Iowa. Uh, but uh, coming in, Miller 707. I'm so stoked for this Iowa game this weekend. Hopefully they don't <laughs> tear my heart out like this Hawkeye team, or the, uh, excuse me, the Cardinals last night. Ugh, what a t- what a heartbreaker. Dude, I used to, I used to play in my year around Auburn, Georgia. Now I'm not even sure when it's on. That one, yeah, that one you might want to avert your eyes this year. Georgia looks really good. I think they're giving up four points a game, average, which is insane. Georgia and Alabama had tier of their own this year. Well, I've, uh, I've told you the story before. It's 2003. Auburn was top five in the country and came out just laid an egg. It wasn't until their third game that they scored a touchdown. I mean, number oh. three in the country. All the talent in the world. We're going to have – we lost our offensive coordinator. That's okay. We're going to have one of his assistants run the system. Yeah, uh-uh. nope. that doesn't work. That was Not when so I realized – you know, I'm not happy when they win and I'm miserable when they lose. I need a new hobby. So that was almost 20 years ago where I was just like, whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not pouring my phantom into this. I need a new hobby. So I, that's when I started getting and in, pouring myself into, you know, the scouting and evaluation side of things. So fun. Uh, that's, that's my favorite. The, the process of it, college to draft to NFL and seeing how it all, how all these guys evolve and how they fit. Um, Miller 707 coming in this morning. Good morning to you champ. Um, I'm more concerned about the offensive line. If our O-line isn't healthy, then our quarterback play isn't going to be good. Um, this is, this is true to an extent. Uh, I think if you have a certain level of quarterback, obviously there's a certain level of offensive line where it doesn't even matter, but a competent offensive line, let's say even, you know, not bottom five, uh, with a top five quarterback, typically you can, you can be okay there. Um, you're going to lose some games with that. But if you have the great, a great, great, great quarterback, um, you can overcome it sometimes. Like right now, uh, as much as I hate to give this guy praise, uh, Derek Carr is playing behind one of the worst offensive lines he's played behind in his career. And everybody likes to poop on Derek Carr for, you know, being kind of soft um, and, you know, getting rid of the ball and whatnot. But the Raiders run game hasn't been good. Uh, they're getting, giving it pressure left and right. But uh, Derek Carr is playing as good of ball as he's played in his career. Um, so sometimes a quarterback can overcome that. I'm not sure if Teddy has the arm talent uh, to get it done always with him, especially with the Broncos offensive weapons uh, falling around behind or falling down behind or around him. Um, so I definitely agree. The offensive line needs to step up, play better. And uh, the offensive coordinator or whoever's calling the game plans needs to be a little bit more stubborn with uh, getting the runs going, especially when you're running for plus five yards a clip. What are we doing? And on the other side, I want to hit uh, Richie Riches here. Uh, on the and the interior line. So we're now four games in. We're still seeing poor interior defensive line pressure. Is it finally time for the Broncos to put more, perhaps better focus in that position group? That to me isn't a matter of players and personnel. Is it is scheme? Uh, in a three-four, you're not supposed to get a ton of pressure from your interior defensive line. Those guys are just supposed to be a wall. You want each one. It's basically a defensive tackle. Defense. They don't call them this, but defensive tackle, defensive tackle, nose guard. They're 300 pounder guys. You should have almost a half a ton across your across your line right there. And their job is to occupy all five offensive linemen while your linebackers, while your outside linebackers come in and do the deed. A healthy Bradley Chubb and a healthy Von Miller 
we're seeing what Vaughn can do in this right scheme. You're, you're going to free up your linebackers. So give praise. When you see Vaughn start having a sack and half a game and he finishes with 20 sacks, you need to give some praise to those interior defensive linemen because they're freeing him up. You know, Vaughn's still got to do his thing, but mm-hmm. they're, they're freeing up the, the outside linebackers, the defensive ends in this formation because that's their job. It is a it's a crap job. <laughs> yeah, it is no fun. I was playing seven on seven. My kid's big and fast, and was watching him do that job. I'm like, you know, that'll pay you a lot of money in the NFL if you can be a three four end or a three four nose guard. But it's kind of boring in seven on seven when, uh, you know, when when you're doing that at the same time. So, yeah. but it's a it's a it's a workman's job. It's a blue collar job. And you need to praise those guys if Vaughn's getting his numbers because that means they are doing their job. And their job isn't to pressure the middle. Yeah, I, I mean, if you get the All-22, which Game Pass, what the hell are you doing? Um, I've been lucky to be in a chain where I'm somebody's sending me the All-22 every week. Um, but if you focus on Draymond Jones, he is he's sometimes firing off the ball faster than Von Miller is, which is insane. Now it's a little easier, the inside, because you can see the ball. You're quicker to the ball. Um, but still, he's firing off. Um, Shelby Harris has not been the pass rushing presence you'd hope, but again, I totally agree with you that I think it's very scheme oriented. Um, Ted Nguyen of the athletic, who is more of following the Raiders beat, but a really, really good football mind, um, wrote a piece this uh, past off season on the Vic Fangio match quarters defense and, uh, what he's asking technically from the defensive lineman. And a lot of these guys, you know, you hear people, um, talking one gap versus two gapping scheme, um, like some for your Falcons, you know, putting Grady Jarrett and giving him two gapping responsibility would be an absolute waste. Or you, we saw it with uh, the Bengals a few years ago and Geno Atkins, right? He was getting 10 plus sacks a year from the interior defensive line. And then they started doing the more two tackle. Now you drop yeah. him in a three, four and it probably quiets him down. Exactly. Cause he's not playing that single gap. Um, but the Broncos, they kind of do a little bit of hybrid here where it's a one and a half gap uh, where you're supposed to pressure one gap, but still have the ability to pull back and get across to the other gap. Um, so maybe cheating a little bit, but I think that because of that, uh, you're not going to see just the pure pressure numbers of the interior defensive line that you would see from a more blitz oriented team or a more of a one gapping scheme. And the reason for this is uh, Fangio wants to allocate, allocate resources to the back end of the defense, get more guys in coverage, dropping back the linebackers can get more depth in, and uh, your defensive line, especially interior defensive lines. Main job is to totally gum up the run game. And if they can do that and you can allocate more resources to the, defensive back against the pat the past um you should be able to limit the big plays keep everything in front of you and uh you know just make teams have to execute play after play after play to score touchdowns so and, i think and so again, far you have to say it's working yeah you know um, it's yeah. working I, I just sort of i've got the defensive stats up right here in front of me and uh, buffalo bills are number one with 44 points given up denver's number two with 49 and then there's a two touchdown gap my math is probably on to, to, to 66 points, 17 points um, difference there to number three. So if I say the difference, the gap between two and three, if I had 17 points, this puts me in 83. The Carolina Panthers are closer to nine than they are to two. That's how big the gap is from two. So to this point, you got to say it's working. Not everybody's going to get numbers. Not everything can work. Yep. So in a three, four, your job is to hold down the guys and let your backers fly to the ball. That, that's your job. Um, Chris, thank you for the stars, my friend. Yeah, and uh, I can much. promise you it's on the way. It's coming. I got mine in the mail yesterday. So I think I ordered it. Uh, I am not. Ex- I don't remember exactly when I ordered it, but I got here fairly quick, maybe four or five days. So yeah. appreciate the stars. Uh, patiently waiting for my Broncos for breakfast mug. Uh, my concern is I haven't seen a lot of growth in our head coach as a head coach or offensive coordinator or special teams either for that matter. Um, Nick, you you can – I've told you my perspective as an outsider coming in and my thoughts on what came off as petty. You, you know, use the word deflection. I've used the word insecure, um, talking about how that Fangio came off last week after that loss to the, Ra- the Ravens, but I don't have anything to compare that to as far as the growth goes, what, where, where do you think this team is? And, and, you know, is there a pretty good merit to Chris's comment here? I think there is merit and it's more so like reading between the lines. Like if you're not in the locker room or in the meetings or whatnot, or seeing the interactions, it's pretty hard to say for sure. Um, but you can get vibes um, from the players and people covering the team that are in there um, that uh, this team 
doesn't fully love or is invested in Vic Fangio, the person, the personality. Um, obviously there is respect there for what he's done, but I don't know if they fully, you know, buy into him as the motivator. Um, you know, you have Kareem Jackson coming out and they're asking about the last plays. Like, I don't give a bleep about that. I get, care about what happened to lead up to that when we got our butts handed to us. Justin Simmons talking about the energy in practice. So there's stuff like that that is a little bit concerning. Um, obviously, it's Vic Fangio's first time as a head coach, even though he's been in the league for a while. And he sometimes he's been considered maybe a little bit more of a prickly personality. Um, and that, like you mentioned, uh, that works if you're winning. Um, but if you're losing, it can get a little bit tiresome. So we'll see. Um, I don't think the Broncos are in a position where they've already had three game, three wins and the defense overall has looked pretty good. So it's not like Vic Fangio's on the precipice of being fired after a Steelers loss this week, right? Unless something like terrible happens or he does something terrible. Um, that's probably not happening. Um, but his seat is definitely getting hot. Um, and it I should. Say, this, this could be a question for you. Does, I, I don't know, 500 is not mathematically possible this year, but let's just say 500 anyway. Does 500 and missing the playoffs get you a new coach next year? I have such a cop-out answer. It's, it depends on what it looks like. Um, like if the Broncos, let's the injuries keep piling up um, mm -hmm. right now. Um, and also with how tough the AFC West is, there needs to be a little bit of context to what that looks like to get there. I do think it is a 10 win or bust season for Fangio, especially with a new uh, general manager here that might want to bring in his own guy. Um, see, that's the key to me. You got a yeah. chance. Eight yep. and nine. I think you're, you're looking at a new head coach next year. Yeah. But if like, let's say everyone knock on wood because this team is so injured already but like you lose two cornerbacks you lose von miller you lose teddy bridgewater another offensive the, the problem though is fans don't care about that and yeah. if you stick with the same guy again on, on another losing season you know who you lose it's more important than all those guys fans the fans yeah you start losing the fans and the only thing worse than anger in sports is apathy and yeah. when you're like, here we go again, that is the worst thing that can happen to a team and a franchise is, yeah. is apathy. And you're mad now. You're mad. Mad's okay. Mad, I know I still got you. You care. We can fix mad. I don't care is a lot harder to get back. Now, that's that's not necessarily the case in the NFL, the Denver Broncos. There's a lot of it. But you can see it's like, listen, I'm going to watch the first quarter of this game. Oh, God, here we go again. Okay, I'm going to go cut the lawn, you know, rake some leaves, shovel some snow, whatever. I'm not going to go to the game. You start seeing, a, you know, empty seats in in, uh, in Broncos Stadium. All of those type of things. Uh, DWI guys coming in here. Uh, run the ball. This isn't rock and science, Pat. And I got I got a little snicker on that when that came up. Um, I, I was asked one time on a message board, why, Scott, why does it bother you so much when people say trust the coaches? I say because trust the coaches is a cop-out answer. Coaches are fallible. Coaches make mistakes. I trust the coaches to do what they think is best. I don't trust them to always make the right decision because they're not gonna. That's insane. I think if they look back at this and evaluate, self-evaluate, self-evaluate yourself and say, we should have run the ball more. I trust that they can learn from their mistakes and get better. I think they made a mistake in the second half of this game. I think it was fairly obvious. And I think I trust that they're good enough to fix that. Run the ball more. Uh, yep. DWE, uh, guys, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, obviously, it is a passing league. And if you can't pass the ball at any sort of efficient clip, you're not going to go very far. Um, but you got to be able to read the room, I guess, or see how the game flow is going. And if you're punching them in the mouth uh, with the run game. With big, powerful backs. You know, yeah. it's not like you're running scat backs out there that you're afraid are going to get, you know, even a, a, a one yard gain is going to tire out the off the defense some. You yeah. know, I, when I was a kid, I'd hear, oh, this is wearing out the defense. I never got it. I didn't really understand it. Then you look and you say, OK, there's one guy carrying the ball and there's 11 guys trying to tackle him. Yeah, they're, it's, it's much harder to play defense. I get it. Yep. So, yeah, stick with it. Wear them down. Yeah, and did you see uh, Brandon Staley's comments about play action in the run game yesterday? Everybody's on not. Twitter is going nuts about it. Um, I mean, it's, he's saying stuff that the analytics community and film community have been saying for a bit where like you don't have to run the ball to have play action uh, effective, but running the ball still matters because the game is physical and there's a physical toll on if you run the ball and you're making the defense play 
not only hold up physically, but play discipline because they have to be able to take on blocks properly. They have to be able to fill the hole and do the proper uh, tackles, and it's going to give your quarterback space. So it's a body blow argument. We've talked about many times. The boxing analogy is used constantly. It's used constantly. You know, you want to see that big overhand chin shot that knocks the guy down at once, but the body blows set up that big overhand when you might not be able to get it early. You might be able to get it late when he starts, you know, going down and protecting his ribs. You're wearing those guys out. So if you can run the ball, and I believe the Broncos can, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Uh, I think the strength of your young, especially last week, interior offensive line with, uh, with minors and Mootsie was going forward, was running the ball, not having them retreat and pass block in a four wide set with a shotgun with a quarterback that's coming in cold off the bench. Yep. Yeah. And they're all were mad. I'm mad. Yeah. It's, they really put that offensive line in a situation to fail. I don't know that like a Broncos offensive line playing bad, but like four run snaps for your two, two offensive linemen at guards who do not have communication or much chemistry with the starters. Um, that's putting your young guys, your pass game, your offense, your run game in a position to fail. So I, I've been a, probably an apologist for Shermer, uh, given his scheme can work. I don't think he's the best at melding his scheme to per- the personnel around him, but if he has the proper personnel, his scheme can work. So we can, we can get into that well, maybe later. Scheme but doesn't mean anything if your play calling's off. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, if, if you're, if you abandon what your core principles, then, then where are you? Yep. You know, we, we talk about this game as power running, play action, good defense. The defense was okay. Yeah. I mean, the defense, the defense was okay. Uh, if they got a little more help from the offense, they probably don't give up 25 plus points in that game. 10 punts. Uh, Woof. 10 punts. That's at least they weren't turning it over. Yeah, until that's last what I grind, mean. You're, you want to talk about wearing down a team. We've seen the opposite. Like I said, the, the script was flipped. The yep. way the Broncos won their first three games, they just got beat by it. They got beat yep. by a team that played good defense, ran the ball and got points when they needed to, even if it wasn't always a touchdown. Yep. Exactly. Um, Gary leads Palmer. I want to say hello to Kaylin real quick. Happy birthday, Kaylin. Uh, Kaylion's birthday. Just wanted to say a happy birthday to him real quick um, because it was up there. Um, what's up, fellas? Starting oh, okay. my birthday. Sorry. It's okay. It was just up there. And I want, he's always in here and uh, we appreciate you, Kaylion. Um, so a happy birthday to you, everyone in the chat, which wish uh, Kaylion a happy birthday as well. Okay. Now let me, let's get to uh, Gary Leeds Palmer. Sorry about that. Well, we appreciate you sending, uh, spending your birthday morning with us Broncos for breakfast. And you got a, a good long part of your day ahead of you too. If uh, you know, if you're, if you're West coast, like uh, like Nick is or so Gary appreciate the stars and there was one more I want to say because there was a newcomer that came in that was right after uh, it was Chris Chris coming in Chris Beeston saying um, morning everyone I'm late to the party I appreciate dropping the G on that you, you're speaking my you're speaking my language there so good morning good morning good morning to you Chris uh, good to see you better uh, better late than never right. Um, so yeah, let's get into this. We're already uh, 30 minutes in. Also, I want to give a shout out to, uh, all the Dodgers fans in here that I saw them giving me a hard time earlier. You guys, what was it? 105 wins this year. Six. You guys, 106 wins. You guys deserved to not go out in the wild card. Now, would that have been great and poetic for my Cardinals to do that? Yes. Honestly, this is maybe me hating myself a little bit. I was, when Albert Pujols came up, I'm like, okay, if this guy hit a walk-off, I couldn't even be mad because what Pujols did. And he almost did. My God, that would have been, I wouldn't even have been mad. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, that's baseball sometimes, especially in and, one game. You know, the, the seating process is a little screwy yeah. in major league baseball, San Francisco giants. You just won 107 games. That's the most since God knows who knows when here's your reward. 106 game, you know, Dodgers, you know, that's what, you know, watching, watching the Braves come up, just texting with my best friend earlier today. And last night, it's like, well, a hundred, you know, 106 plus teams about to go out now. That's what we learned last night. Yep. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and thank you everybody for wishing uh, Kaylee on a happy birthday. Good to see you. Um, yeah, it's really nice of you guys to do. Um, obviously, this is a good community in here. I like to think this is a one of the least uh, toxic communities also for the Broncos community. So it's great. Um, and uh, we got Richard coming in from across the pond saying, order my mug today. What coach is the worst? <laughs> um what coach is the worst? I mean, it's probably Tom McMahon, right? Like he's the he's the punching bag. Might as well just keep doing body blows to him. Talking about body blows. Um, and oh man, Seth coming in too. Yeah, and Seth coming in too. I, uh, I I I I wasn't gonna answer. I don't have enough of a uh, for for Richard's um question. I don't I don't have enough data in order to come up and say 
who's who's the worst of this bunch. And I and frankly, I don't like you know, work in my high school days, you never talked negatives. You'd say he wasn't slow. He just needed I'd, I'd like him to see faster. He wasn't soft. He just needed to be tougher. He wasn't too small. I just he needs to grow some. I don't like speaking in negatives like that. It's a little bit easier to do that with the pro game because people are used to it some, but I, I don't want to say who's the worst. I just might say if I was ranking him, he'd be last. Speaking so of Seth, that. morning, great pod. Uh, Seth, great contributions as always. Yeah, uh, thank you so morning, much. afternoon, and night, mile high huddle. We certainly appreciate you being here. Thank you, Seth. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, we also have a question here from uh, Nick and Scott. Is there a bigger mug up? Rich, you had to go 15. Uh, that was the biggest one I saw. That's why uh, on Broncos for breakfast, I will be bringing this with me and going multiple pours because I, I need a little more than 15 in the morning to, uh, to to crank me up. I'm more like a 20 to 24 type of person in the mornings. Yeah, I typically typically drink about a third of a pot every morning. Um, but uh... Well, and if you're a Starbucks person, I I drink you know 20 to 24 ounces out of a french press and if i drink a 20 ounce of starbucks i'm shaky there's so much caffeine in those things it's nuts this so i order shop, a smaller yeah. one when i actually go out to get coffee uh and we had a question here from somebody asking about the broncos moving to salt lake city um i'm not sure about that i have not heard anything about that i guess if the new ownership comes in anything is possible but um denver's got a really you'd have to build a whole new fan base there. And like, you already have the infrastructure in place for the Broncos. So um, I would be pretty shocked uh, if we saw that. And also we have something, uh, Jay has some news, I guess. Did you guys hear the news I have yesterday and people saying uh, congrats? Oh, um, Oh, you're a new dad. If I'm not mistaken, Jay. So, um, or, or so he, that's uh, definitely got congrats. Maybe he got engaged too. I don't know. Um, but either way, uh, congrats DJ. If you want to spill the beans talking about all this coffee going on in here, um, uh, then uh, let us know. Yes, we asked two things. Um, but uh, okay, back to the Steelers uh, Broncos game here. I think we should talk a little bit. We talked about the Broncos offensive line and talk, talk about the defense. Do you have any keys to the game as going up against the Steelers having watched them? Oh, and here it is. Yep. His girlfriend is seven weeks pregnant. Well, congrats to you. Hopefully, uh, maybe the Broncos uh, 2042 uh, first round pick at quarterback from uh, Jay Roper coming down the tracks there. <laughs> so where were you? 40 weeks, 33 times four, eight months from now. So seven months from now. So we'll have to remind us that'll be, I can't even do that much math to figure out when that's going to be. Um, probably June. You look like a summer birthday or somewhere. So we'll, we'll be back here talking draft with, with, uh, with Jay's baby. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> keys, keys to this game. Uh, pressure with your front four. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily think you want to try and, and throw a bunch of blitzes at these guys. Um, we can go on that and work off one key at a time, or I can give you another one that you might find a little more interesting is the Steelers will show you a lot of eye candy pre-snap on defense. So it's mm -hmm. it's key that you make your reads correctly because they're going to show seven on the line and they may only send four. I don't think they're that good with a four-man rush. I don't think their front four right now is is all that scary. Um, they are they've got eight sacks on the season so far, I believe, which puts them, you know, bottom third of pressure. Um, it's tough to get a feel for how a team does against Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers, like Lamar Jackson, does stuff you can't scheme against the way he can get a ball away with velocity and accuracy from all over the field. I, I think I've, I've told you before, the, you know, one of the first, when I saw him carve up the Falcons in, in a playoff game where they put up 50 points, he was making throws on the run that if I was playing somebody in Madden, I would have said they found a glitch. I'm like, this, this game's ridiculous. You can't do that. That's not physically possible. I'm pissed off. Uh, he he can. He's he's just special. So it's hard to judge the Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush against him. But over the course of the season, it hasn't been that scary. So your pre-snap reads are going to be key because they're going to show you seven. They may bring seven. They may bring six. But there's going to be a lot of movement pre-snap on the defense. Yeah, I know. That's a big one. Um, I also just going to point over some of the stats um, through. What is it? Four games so far. Cameron Hayward. How many pressures do you think he has? from an interior defensive line it's, it's 15 <laughs> 15 pressures from the interior defensive lineman cameron hayward uh tj watt gets uh you know the chicks because they dig the sacks and whatnot uh, that sounds bad that worse than it is um but uh tj watts obviously defense player of the year got the big contract great edge rusher but uh cameron hayward 15 pressures from the interior defensive line only one sack and only one hit uh and three batted balls but like those 15 um 
15 pressures is pretty darn impressive uh, from that interior defensive line. And he's their highest graded player. Uh, pretty insane. He's actually got a 91.9 grade on the season. Uh, so that's, that's pretty, that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, so Cameron Hayward, good luck to whoever is playing guards for the Broncos in this game. Again, I, if, it's crazy help. how many good interior defensive linemen we've played. Get some help. Yeah. Get some help for sure. Um, you know, don't, don't let him beat you. Yep. That, that, that's one of the keys is, you know, pick out the top guy on there. And again, the problem is, and someone else said came in here, uh, TJ is, is uh, Barack Nasi, I would think. Barack Nasi. Uh, Watt is going to be a big problem. He was fairly quiet for the most part I, against uh, against the Packers. And, you know, I actually thought that he was at times even a liability on on the on their front. So he was negated pretty well. He was usually coming in from the right. So at least you're, you got Bowles. And Bowles, wouldn't you say Bowles has something a little – he's got a, a makeup game coming? He needs it. He has been disappointing this year. Not a million dollars a game, $17 million a year. Uh, pass protector he's given up uh he's averaging giving up a sack a game now part of that is on struggles of the rest of the offensive line part of that is quarterback holding on to the ball um but yeah he's not played like a top 10 left tackle um and he's gonna have to play better and he he said that after the game too he's like i've not been good enough i need to do better so hopefully we'll see that um but um he's got to play he's better the guy that was stepping up and holding guys accountable in the preseason and really taking over a leadership and you do that mm-hmm. by example you know, when you're playing well, your words speak a lot more. So him him taking ownership of that, saying, I, I haven't been playing, I need to be better. You know, that that means something. That's good. Richie Rich is talking to, to I think pretty soon Richie Rich is going to be calling for some leather helmets on the field. He's talking about interior, getting uh, investing in the defensive tackles <laughs> and getting pressure there. Now he's talking about running with a fullback, man. What year is it, Richie Rich? No, Hell, I've joked the easiest way to get concussions out of this game is to take the helmets away. That'll never happen. Yeah, it'll never happen again, but you don't see nearly as many concussions in rugby. You know, you know, get the guys to stop using their heads like a weapon and you'll take concussions way down. Yeah, you might lose more teeth, um, break more noses, but guys will still be able to read and write when they're, you know, 35 years old. Yeah, I never could. So it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, Uh. if they could to begin (laughs) with, I, I, I was setting myself up for that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's a, I appreciate your comment. Um, yeah. And Richard is saying he's a rugby player. I, I can tell the, the past, it's not the Australian <laughs> rules football going on there. Um, but, but I just giving you a hard time there. Um, yeah, he said his grandpa's a leatherhead too. Uh, the DWI guys coming back in, uh, saying the key to it, the key is Denver's offensive line cohesiveness as they will need it. This is the key to the game. I think the key to the game is more so um, the offensive line cohesiveness is big, but I'm going to say it's the Broncos pass rush getting after Big Ben. That is just such an overwhelming matchup on paper that that could totally dictate the rest of the game. And, you know, if you're getting Najee Harris with 20 targets and half of them behind the line of scrimmage and you have seven guys drop back that can pin their ears back then and rally to the football, uh, that's going to make it pretty hard to do much of anything uh, for the Steelers. You talk about people complaining about Teddy Bridgewater and the field being compressed because uh, he doesn't throw the ball downfield or lacks the arm talent. This is really a big issue uh, for the Steelers and Big Ben this season. So I, d- I agree with you. It is a big one, but I'm going to go with the Broncos uh, front fr- front four and uh, edge rushers, defensive linemen, getting after the passer. That's yeah, I, I think the defense is good enough to win this game, you know, where even if it's a 17-9, to nine, I saw the over-under on this game, I think it was 39 and a half. Yeah. You know, that's about as low as you're going to see in an NFL game that I remember. I mean, I'm sure there's – I'm sure it's not the lowest. I'm not going to go there, but it's definitely on the low side, especially in this day and age. But, uh, but DWI guys, I agree with you um, to this part. So it, it makes me wonder a little bit, you know, do you, do you start, even if everybody's healthy ish, do you start the same five guys or are you bringing, are you bringing uh, players back in to um, against the Steelers? Uh, I think Reisner is going to play. It does sound like he's training that way to be the left guard. And uh, I think Miners actually has been, even in the limited snaps, I've been more impressed with his run blocking mm-hmm. uh, than Reisner. But Reisner is a pretty darn solid pass protector. And I think with the struggles of Bulls right now and just how much more one, a bad pass rushing rep or a bad pass blocking rep can kill an offensive line or it can mm-hmm. kill an offensive drive, uh, kill a game where like one bad run blocking rep is not going to nearly hurt you as much. Yeah. And maybe Bowles gets better with a healthy riser next to him. Yep. You know, they're yeah, working, exactly. they're working together and not just as cover, but you know, just as someone that you, we, again, the word that the DWI guys used on his super chat was cohesiveness. 
synergy. And there's there's teamwork way. in there. Those those guys are a group. They're a unit for sure. And and knowing what each guy's going to do under certain situations and twists, stunts, all those type of things, who's got blitz pickup and trusting the guy next to you makes you more confident. We talk about how much this game is mental mm-hmm. and, you know, the confidence level in the guy next to you makes you a better player. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and we got shy asking how many snacks do you think Von Miller will get? Um, I, Von Miller is a specimen. I don't know how much snacking he does, um, but I'm hoping for at least a few sacks uh, in this game um, for sure. Um, Broncos win even with Locke. I sure hope it is Teddy, though. Um, if Locke plays, I really hope that the Locke just play within yourself, man. You know, it's like that movie uh, Hitch with Will Smith. You know, it's like this is your zone, man. Don't don't leave this. That's exactly what you need from the quarterback. Never. Don't turn the ball over. Never it's, see that again. It's not a great movie, um, but I love the movie. Great. No, I was talking about that whole scene. Oh, I, I, yes. I, okay. I love Hitch. the movie. Kevin James is pretty, yeah. pretty dorky. Don't um, ever but... do that again. I, I, yeah. I actually really like that movie, but you know, I'm a, I'm a softie at heart, believe it or not. So some rom-coms up in uh, all on uh, Scott's house. Vaughn gets three sacks. That would be amazing to see. Um, Big Ben is getting the ball out really quickly and uh, he's not throwing it past the line of scrimmage very often. So maybe Vaughn isn't getting three sacks, but if you are able to get pressure quickly, but would it surprise you? You know, if you at the end of the sacks. day and you looked at the box scores and you saw Vaughn had three sacks, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, that, I, 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 that makes sense. I, I guess I would be surprised uh, just because three sacks is such an outlier in general. And at one point, like once you got like two teams are like, OK, th- we're done with this. Somebody else beat us. So it would be surprising. doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But uh, I think that probably statistically speaking, it's not super likely. Um, but you know, we'll see. Uh, the other point I wanted to get to with this team was Steelers pressure self promotion here. Sorry. There we go. Y'all come to Scott's channel. I should say come to Scott's channel on Wednesdays. We'll drop that link in here shortly. Um, you know, Ashton, I appreciate you. Jeremy's always aired us. Dave, we got, we got a lot of Broncos guys, uh, on Wednesdays and we, we keep it a little shorter. We go about 30 minutes on Wednesdays. Yeah, absolutely. And we got money more saying Javante Williams is due for a breakout game. I hope the Broncos just lean into this and um, protect Teddy, protect the offensive line and run the ball efficiently. Now, maybe that'll be hard against the Steelers. Uh, you know, Chris Wormley, you mentioned had been playing really good. I liked him a lot coming out of uh, um, Michigan. Michigan. Yep. Michigan. I uh, really hated the DeMar- or Demarcus Walker pick because I loved uh, Larry Ogunjobi and Chris Wormley. Um, and uh, I guess Demarcus Walker is gone now, so I can spill a little bit of juice. I don't know if this will get me in trouble, but the Broncos actually messed up in the uh, the war room when that happened. They had the old school um, names on the board, and somebody took names off of there that were still in the draft pool. And the Broncos were scrambling, like, we got to take our best uh, d- defensive linemen. I think they had Wormley and Ogunjobi higher, and they were still available, um, but they were off the board, their board. Um, so yeah, yeah. Cause someone, cause someone had the eraser on accident or the magnet, you know, yep, somebody <laughs> messed up. There was the kind of things you, you, you just can't plan for, you yeah. know, there's gotta be redundancies and backups built in, man. I'm going to have my, I'm going to have my notebook and by God, yeah. I'm going to have several copies printed out and we're going to ask who's left on your board. You, you've been, in, you've been in fantasy football drafts for God's sakes. This guy's still available. No. All right. Shoot. I missed that. Yep. Something good Lord. Yeah, and it's like, oh, these guys are professionals, you know, a millions dollar industry, billion dollar industry. Uh, they're not going to make mistakes. Uh, once, at least the, for the position I'm in, going from you know fan to covering the team and talking to people in the organization, pulling back the curtain, it's a little bit eye opening sometimes. And that one was like, woof, um, big mistake. That guy did not last. Um, we made the mistake. But anyway, moving on. I don't know if I was supposed to share that story, but Demarcus Walker's come and gone, so it's uh, it is what it is. Um, I do think this is a big bounce back game, also for uh, Patrick Sertan. I did not think he had the best game uh, last week against the Ravens. And a part of that was probably uh, schematic, uh, you know, playing soft. But you you were a bigger Sertan guy coming into the draft than I was. I'm still a fan, obviously. But my biggest concern with him was as a top 10 cornerback, I need somebody who has incredible click and close. You know, like my prototype, and this is maybe showing my age a little bit, but for the last like, you know, five years, my favorite cornerback I've scouted uh, this is pre Jalen Ramsey too, is a uh, Marshawn Lattimore, you know, great speed length, um, loose hips, amazing click and close. I think Sertan is an incredibly cor- great cornerback. I don't know if he is as oily in the hips as a Marshawn Lattimore. Um, he's much more, I think he's just a little stiffer. And I don't think he has the same click and close. Um, well, and, and for me in this class, I didn't see that guy. 
I didn't necessarily see that guy uh, as opposed to, you know, the the shutdown guy. I mean, remember, you know, my my favorite corner of all time played in Atlanta is Deion Sanders. He he wouldn't break an egg, you know. Yeah. So there, you want to talk about being able to just lock somebody up? You know, prime time was the epitome of a cover corner. Yeah. Um, you know, I would still probably say, but you know, if I'm ranking them, I'd still take Rod Woodson a little higher because while no, I don't think anybody was as good in coverage as Dion. Rod Woodson was more complete. So, you know, Sertan isn't, I don't, I don't want anybody, the first, you know, the first play I, I took issue with this when, you know, he got benched. I'm like, what kind of scheme do you have your corner chasing the guy 50 yards across the field? You know, that that's a blown coverage. That's not yeah. necessarily a scheme. So I like him. I like him as a, a press and turn, a press and release. I want him physical with his guys. I want him jamming his guys. And again, as you mentioned, part of the scheme is working and you can't have everything shut down. I can't have Von Miller getting five sacks and Draymond Jones getting five sacks and all these guys getting something's got to give. So if he's playing a little softer and he's giving up some yardage, but you're still number two by a big margin in points giving up, something's working. Yeah. But can he do better? Absolutely. A absolutely. And I think he can be used better as well. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. Oh, we got Paris in here. Uh, good morning, Paris. Uh, so can we please admit that our defensive ends are soft, weak, and not good much at all? These guys are just uh, these are just guys who make things happen here and there. Four games already and no defensive line sacks based on skill. Paris, man, I don't I don't know what that's you're saying. Harsh. Yeah, that's that is harsh. That's fired. Get, let's get some good vibes going. Um I think you need to go back and watch Draymond Jones. Uh Draymond Jones has been pretty darn good this season. And it's stuff that is not always showing up in the stat sheet, um, but he is altering plays and uh, creating issues in the backfield for defensive teams. He's firing off the ball uh, extremely well. Um, he's looked like he's added strength to his hands, especially before he was a little bit more finesse, I would say, but he's starting to add more power to his game. Um, and he's been, he's been impressive. Now, the thing is if your expectations for the interior defensive line or are week to week, Aaron Donald, uh, that's not happening. You know, like that's just, that's, he's a freak of his own. It's kind of like, you know, you have a power hitter in baseball and uh, you get upset at them for not hitting a home run every game. It's like, well, that's, it's not happening. You know, that's just not, that's not, that's not the position. That's not a realistic ask for that position. Um, but Draymond Jones overall has been extremely good. I've been disappointed with Shelby Harris's pass rush. I do. Again, we talked about it earlier. And if you're just joining us now, Paris, you can circle back later, but uh, I do wonder how much of it is schematic, really asking those guys to hold their own in the run game to free up those linebackers so that you can drop up more guys in space, get more depth from your linebackers in space as well. Um, but uh, it is something that I'm looking at uh, as well. I'm the guy on the defensive line who's bothered me the most is not any of the interior defensive linemen. It's not Von Miller. It's Malik Reed. Malik Reed has had, more one-on-ones than any, uh, I think he has the th the third highest rate of one-on-one -on -one blocks of any edge rusher in football so far this season. And his pass rush win, way to, win rate for edge rusher is bottom five. So uh, that means he's not altering you schematically. And while he is getting some pressures and sacks, uh, a lot of that is scheme oriented because they're not respecting him as much. So Malik Reed, especially because he's an edge rusher, the whole thing is freeing up those guys to get after the quarterback. He needs to be better. Yeah, and Paris, we, we did. We, we we hit on this early uh, about the, the interior line. And, and Mike Purcell, I think, has done a, a pretty good job in the middle. And his, his job's not to you, – you mentioned ends. So, sorry, yeah. you know, you did you did say ends, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but Purcell, I don't expect a bunch of sacks from your 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 3-4 nose card. His job is to take on two blockers and hold them there and let your linebackers fly to the ball. And Nick has a great call out here with those stats saying – you're, if you can get one on one with your with your outside linebackers slash your defensive ends, that is what the scheme is meant to do. You know, your job as a coach is to set your players up to make plays, to put them in the best position to make plays. If I can get Von Miller one on one with a tackle, I'm going to win. If I can do the same thing on the other side, I should win. Um, but that's where I didn't I didn't know that. So I love it uh, that Malik reads. He needs to do better. And this is where Bradley Chubb is being missed right now, for sure. Yeah. Um, same thing with Malik Reed last year, unfortunately, but uh, it's, you know, it is what it is. We'll get Bradley Chubb at some point back and hopefully he's healthy. And also um, we're going to need him because he's probably going to come back in that uh, after the bye week and the Broncos play the Raiders once the chargers twice and the chiefs twice in that, like seven games or six games after the bye week. So uh, that's a 
quite the gauntlet of teams there, and you're going to need your pass rush fully healthy. So uh, we'll see. Um, and uh, Paris saying Draymond hasn't shown much uh, getting in the backfield, making tackles here and there. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, it's watch the tape is kind of a cop out, but uh, he's been pretty impressive to me. I think he's top 20 in uh, pressures from the interior defensive line. And that's somewhat being hampered by the scheme uh, as well. Cause they're not just asking him to pin his ears back. So um, yeah, and I I, I'd like good. to dig into that, those stats and, you know, compare them to other three, four ends. I mean, you, you can say top 20, but again, a three, four end his, his job is to, to free up the backer next to him to, to free up Von Miller. Uh, is he doing his job in, in that case? Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, he is. If you've got to, if you've got to take two guys, if you can get single blocking on Von Miller, Von Miller's going to have a career year, and he's going to go take Draymond Jones out to dinner if he's playing next to him. Yeah, and Draymond Jones so far this year again, it's Pro Football Focus uh, grade, so maybe not the end all, be all for everybody, but he's. Uh, number five in the NFL so far in uh, run defense, which from the kind of skinnier Draymond Jones is pretty impressive. And uh, I think he is top 20 in pass rush. So he's been pr- pretty good um, from that position. So maybe some of that is playing next to Von Miller too, right? Like that's, you're talking about synergy in the offensive line. If you can play a great interior defensive line or a solid interior defensive lineman next to a hall of fame edge rusher, it's going to mm-hmm. be a little easier for that interior defensive lineman. Um, but uh, I think he he's far from the issue. I have a bigger issue with uh Right now, it's Malik Reed, who I think I've always said it on here. He's somebody who you're okay starting, but you love as your first edge rusher off the bench. That's that's his. That's where I think he thrives. Yeah, let him let him come in as a super sub with fresh legs, you yep. know, and do and do one job, not have to think about much else, you know, because the numbers. What do you have? Eight sacks led the team last year, yeah. um, but you you're you were quick to point out to me that there's more to it than that. You know, he sh- he should have had sixteen. <laughs> should have had sixteen sacks with the the type of situations he was being in that he got eight was something that again said it before you can't stop everything you can't do everything they were willing to take their chances teams were willing to take their chances one-on-one uh with with Malik Reed and so far it's working yeah I agree with you um we'll see what happens yeah we also got Derek Player coming in here saying is this week a must win you're three and one right now I don't think it's a must win game. If anything, it's a must win game for the Steelers uh, being one and three and the Ravens winning the Browns looking like a Super Bowl contender. Although I just saw that uh, Baker Mayfield has a pretty serious shoulder injury um, that he's dealing with right now. So uh, we'll see about that. Maybe he'll play through it, but it's causing him some issues. Um, But is this week a must win? I think I think the Broncos it's as almost as much as it's as much of a must win game as a non must win game can be. <laughs> How's that it's for a, an it's answer? A, it's a must response. You've got yeah. to see the fire back. Um, yep. They, 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 they hung their tail. You know, they took their tails last week a little bit. They got, they got beat. You need a, you need a response. What is this team made of? Are you going to come back and come out swinging win or lose? Are you going to come out swinging? Are you going to fight back? Because uh, they had the fight taken out of them last week. And yeah. that is what has to change. Win or loss, still one game, 17-game season. You're still three and two. Anything can turn. So, no, it's not a must-win game, but you, you got to see a response. That's what has to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough game. And I don't want to say it's a must-win, but, like, the schedule really, really, really ramps up after this uh, running into the bye because you got Vegas, who is playing great football right now. I know they just lost. Other teams but... are going to have their dips and valleys, too, based on yes. injuries and and – Things just you laying don't an egg. See. Sometimes so, you're just gonna lay an egg. I mean, I'll never forget the uh, the the God. I think they were undefeated at the time. This might have been back in oh man, mid 2010s, um, where the Packers were undefeated and they went to Kansas City playing the worst team in football that year. The Kansas City Chiefs ended up. So it must have been 2012. Um, and the Packers went in there and lost to Kansas City at Arrowhead when the Kansas City ended up getting the number one overall pick. The Falcons in the draft. almost went to Kansas City and, you know, should have beat them last year. Yeah, it, it happens. You know, yeah. these these are – the difference between the teams is – it can happen on any given day. And, yeah. again, you're, you're one big injury away for a lot of these teams from your season going completely differently. Yep, totally agree. Well, guys, speaking of things going totally differently, we got to get out of here, whatever that means. But uh, got to fly. I got to go take care of the dog because uh, – the wife has to start doing some stuff today and uh, the dog needs to be supervised because otherwise he is going to mess with his uh, undercarriage. We don't need to talk about that. (laughs) There's certain subjects we just don't need to talk about. That's one of them. All right. Well, uh, 
got to go hang out with the dog, but uh, love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, obviously, you can find Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you guys are joining us on Facebook today, please go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Uh, join us there. Tag us there. Continue the conversation there. and We love to do that. If you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. It means a lot to us. And also go to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, thank you to everybody who joined us today, contributed in the chat um, and, you know, donated stars, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously not everybody's in a position to do that all the time. So just, just joining us and hanging out with us in the morning means a lot to us. Obviously extra shout out to those who did contribute, but uh, not always, not always the, uh, the time and place to do that. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, Scott, what's the rest of your day look like? I might check out some World Cup qualifiers tonight. Hey, hey. Some, some international stuff, some 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 games that start to matter. The U.S. plays Jamaica tonight. You can get in 60 minutes of that game before Thursday night football kicks off. And then I'll also see most of y'all in the chat tonight for it's Thursday. So it's still, it's still a huddle up pod. So I'll see y'all tonight in the chat. Yeah. And is tonight Seahawks? I can't even remember who plays Thursday night tonight. Either way, it'll be a good game. Um, October, it's October 7th. Oh, yes. Okay. I need to get home, uh, before that. Otherwise traffic's going to be terrible. Rams at Seahawks, probably the best Thursday night game we've had on paper yet so far this year. And, uh, and, uh, Peter coming in strong. Peter's closing us. Peter's, Peter's coming with the closer tonight. Uh, give us some applause on Facebook and, uh, coming in strong with the stars to finish us up. So, uh, I recognize a lot of these names and I will see a lot of y'all uh tonight i'll be in the chat behind the scenes so can't wait to see you all right everyone we'll see you later i'll see you guys saturday uh for Maha insiders hopefully celebrating a hawkeye win um and uh everyone stay safe and go broncos head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things broncos